Welcome to Run With Ben, endurance training for business and life. I'm your host, Ben Andrews. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome into this week's Talking Ducks podcast, brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. I'm Sasha Spencer, and I'm thrilled to be with you again this week with another exciting guest. You know, the word legacy is something that is constantly associated with Oregon track and field. And a reason for that is because even after people leave the program, they continue to carry on the duck ways and traditions far beyond their experience on the track. Today's guest is just such an example of that. Welcome to the Talking Ducks podcast, Ben Andrews. Hello. Thanks for having me, Sasha. Good to see you. Yes, very good to see you again. I mean, I feel like we just saw each other because we actually did just see each other. We did, yes. Yeah, sitting in the stands for the the Oregon Twilight last weekend. That was your first time in the stadium. What did you think? Unreal, unreal. That place is speechless. It's unbelievable. You cannot put that thing into words. Yeah, it was. Now, I know there was some question as to whether or not or when fans would be allowed in. When you got that email saying that season ticket holders had this short little window to buy tickets, yeah. how long did it take you to click click send? Well, I couldn't do it right away, but I had uh, four alarms set, so I didn't miss my window, so I couldn't get them, and I was, I was all over it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you, of course, were a track and field athlete at University of Oregon. You're an Oregon yeah. native. You went to Park Rose High School. And uh, you did something that's not completely common. I mean, before you got to the NCAA, you decided to take on the NCAA and fight for a fifth year in high school. Talk to us a little bit about why you did that and uh, and how it turned out. It was uh, pretty interesting. I was a I was a basketball player, and I was hoping to play uh, college basketball. I looked at you know, a couple of small schools, Linfield, uh, Willamette, and um, that's what I thought I was going to do. My junior year at the state meet, I ended up PRing uh, 14 seconds in the 1500. Uh, my goal was to not finish last. I was ranked 11th out of the uh, 11th out of the 12 runners. Uh, my PR was nowhere near the top guys, and the top two guys in our state were numbers two and three in the nation. Oh gosh! And so I had two goals that day. One was to not finish last, mm-hmm. and two, and most importantly was my mom and dad and my brother who were in the stands was to hear our name, Andrews. So I finished the first lap uh, in first place. They said, Ben Andrews of Park Rose in the lead. And so I thought, I wonder if I can do this again. I wonder if I can do it again. Ended up getting second. I lost by a hundredth of a second. But a gentleman came up to me after the race and he said, who the heck are you? And I said, who the heck are you? Yeah. And he said, my name is Bill Dellinger. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the first time I met him. And you know, we talked about the race. I told him I had PR'd. And he said, if this all checks out, I'll give you a full-ride scholarship. Wow. And uh, I said, you know what? I'm a basketball player. I appreciate it. He put his arm on my shoulder, and he said, PR'd 14 seconds today. You woke up a basketball player, but you're going to better runner. I'll see you in the fall. Wow. Uh, but I was a junior, so I had to go back for my senior year. Um, unfortunately, the coach I had in, in high school in basketball – took all of the starters and put us in remedial classes. So I didn't have the core classes I needed to go to the University of Oregon or any NCAA Division One. So uh, along with John Gillespie, Gary Gray, who was the director of admissions, 
at U of O. We fought the NCAA to say that this was not my fault. This was the fault of my high school. Uh, and we ended up winning. We were allowed, which allowed me to go back to a fifth year of high school. I had to go to the same institution, but I could retake those classes and not lose any eligibility. So it was a long, hard road to get there, but it was so worth it. Yeah, absolutely worth it. Now, before he put his arm around you and uh, and complimented you on that race, did you have any idea who Bill Dellinger was? I had no idea. I didn't follow track. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about running. I knew who Steve Prefontaine was, and I knew who Alberto Salazar was, and that was it. That was and, it. Uh, that was it. Yeah. So from that time on, you had your sights set on not just attending University of Oregon, but running track in, you know, what was already becoming one of the most storied programs in the history of, of track and field. Where did you fit onto that team? Tell me what it was like. You obviously didn't have a ton of, of solid training background or, or you know, experience being amongst a talented group of athletes. Tell me about that team that you were on and, and how you managed to carve a space for yourself on it. You know, the year before I was there, there were a lot of partiers. And so we had these mandatory practices at 6 a.m. if you were on scholarship. Mm -hmm. And so I got to know Bill a lot during those 6 a.m. runs at Amazon Trail. Um, and he slowly educated me on the history of Oregon and what it meant to be, you know, the men of Oregon, what it meant to be a part of this program. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just magical. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, we had a really good team. We had a lot of solid runners and I quickly rose up to be one of the top milers and uh you know got hayward field as my playground every day going to going to practice yeah you know as you and i know the the lessons learned in those workouts and and races are really valuable for the season of our life in which uh in in which we're learning them but i think more valuable because we get to carry those things forward and you never forgot you know the opportunity that you had to join the team at University of Oregon. And not only did you make the most of it as a student athlete, but really it inspired your path for the rest of your life. What is it that you um, got from running that you decided was so important to pass on in the ways that you do now? You know, Bill, my first college race, I was nervous. And I said, Bill, I, you know, what do I do? And he said, Ben, just go out, take the lead. Don't let anyone pass you, you'll win. It didn't work. I finished, I think, eighth or ninth. The next week, I said, Bill, that didn't work. What should we do? Go to fourth place, pick one person off every lap, and you'll win. Yeah. That didn't work. So the third week, I went to him, and I said, Coach, like, what the hell is going on here? And he put his arm around me again, and he said, Ben, I can teach you how to run, but I can't teach you how to race. you got to figure that out. Mm -hmm. But what I'm going to do as your coach is put you in situations so that in any situation that you come into in a race, you're going to be able to respond. And I remember him telling me as I started to walk away, he grabbed my shoulder again and he said, Ben, this is the same lesson of life. Mm. You just have to put yourself out there, but know that you're prepared for any and all situations that come your way so that way you can respond to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So not only has that worked in your own life, but it's touched the lives of lots of other people also. Talk to me about the work that you've done with prisoners and the mentorship that you do really around the state. So I, uh, after college, I was, I was still training, trying to, trying to make a go of it. And I told Coach Dillinger that I was going into the Oregon State Penitentiary to run with the inmates. And 
I saw him light up more than anything I had ever told him. Mm. And he said, you know, Ben, if you can give a handout to someone who's down, the reward you're going to get is 10 times what that person's going to get. So I really encourage you to go in there as often as you can. And he told me about, you know, taking, of course, Prefontaine started the running program in the Oregon State Pen. Yeah. But taking Alberto, taking a lot of his athletes uh, to Salem, to the Oregon State Penitentiary and running with the inmates, uh, it changed the way I look at inmates. Uh, the first employee I ever hired was uh, a former classmate of mine, but a, a former uh, troublemaker, a convicted felon. But I hired him, and a lot of it had to do with my time. And they're one of my best friends uh, in the world today is someone that I met going inside. He was uh, in the middle of a 15-year sentence. And I met him on year seven, and we became pen pals. We became great friends. I got him a, a job afterward. We had spaghetti dinner a couple of weeks ago. He's a, one of my dearest friends. Mm. Um, before I ever went in, if I heard that someone had a record, I would never, you know, yeah. been that open or, or that uh, engaging with someone. Yeah. So it sounds like there was really an exchange that went on. You, you know, brought running into their lives. Tell me a couple things that you learned from them. Oh, man, so much. Um, one was about race. Um, th there's some very strong lines um, with regards to race and prisons, as you can might imagine. Mm -hmm. um, but when it came time for running, everyone white, black, brown, everybody was rooting for everybody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it re really made me realize that track and field is the most common denominator of any sport. Yeah. You know, male, female, color, we can all go out there, we can all put a watch on it, put a, a tape on it, see how far we're jumping, and everyone has uh, an opportunity. Um, yeah. And one of the things I learned inside was every time I would leave, they would a lot of the inmates would come up to me and just, you know, we weren't allowed to touch, uh, but they, you know, they would give me the fist bump, which we can all do now in, in COVID world. Yeah. Um, but just the, their eye contact and just telling me, Ben, thank you so much for your time. And it wasn't, you know, we weren't bringing any shoes in. We weren't bringing anything, but it was just the time. And it really made me appreciate the gift of time and giving that to somebody. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you had that tremendous experience and were able to continue running, encourage more and more people to keep running. Um, but it, there came a time when you had to put running on the back burner and make a transition in your life, right? I did. I was, uh, I got a job, you know, I, I quit running. I ballooned 60 pounds in about four months, got up to 200 pounds. I looked normal for the first time. Right. And, um, uh, I ended up coaching a coworker's wife and she went from like a, you know, a four, four hour marathon down to a three thirty and qualified for Boston. Wow. Um, I thought, man, these are the same principles that Dillinger taught me. Mm -hmm. I wonder if I can coach some other people. Well, he introduced me to some, uh, some of her friends and I coached them all on the hood to coast and we were going to do it the next year. And he said, Hey Ben, I, I can do computers. I can, I can make you a website. And so we worked together and I, I built this website um, and I was able to coach three different tiers of runners, you know, A, B, and C groups, Yeah. all doing the date pace, goal pace. And 
I woke up one morning thinking, wait a minute, I could, like, Bill had 30 people out there running. I could scale this and, and get more people. Yeah. So I turned the A, B, and C groups into gold, medal, or gold silver, bronze, mm-hmm. 90 70 and $50 a month. And one of my first clients, who I never spoke to uh, through a whole series of events, ended up talking to me about giving up on your goals and saying, no, you're still young and still do this. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, he um, gave me north of $200,000 to quit wow. my job and go train for the 2004 Olympic trials. Um, and it was, I mean, an unbelievable gift. I didn't know this guy. I'd never talked to him. So yeah. the, the, the money started coming in. And he called me at my desk one day. And I remember answering the phone. Oregon Telco Community Credit Union. This is Ben. How may I help you? And I heard the most beautiful Southern drawl. And he said, Ben, this is, he told me his name. We got ourselves a contractual agreement. Why the hell are you working, boy? <laughs> and I said, well, I don't have enough money. I'm sorry. He goes, well, if money's the only thing getting in the way, you quit. I'll send you another 5000 today. And he wired me money. And I told my boss, I'm out. And uh, I got to train. Uh, you know, for another four and a half years and pursue my goals. It was pretty, pretty unbelievable experience to have yeah. that from a complete stranger. I didn't meet this guy until 2004. Really? So I went five years uh, without meeting him and uh, our Tuesday calls from me coaching him mm-hmm. slowly evolved into Tuesday phone calls with him coaching me and mentoring me on personal development, business mm-hmm. strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, became my first mentor, like outside of the athletic world. Yeah. And that, that seed money, I mean, at the time, I'm sure it was an investment in your ability to continue training for the Olympic trials. But in knowing you, I know what it really did was um, plant the seeds that, that propel you today into not just becoming the business person that you are, but also really um, the, the appreciation you have for the kindness and generosity of, of this gentleman just shines out of you in the way that you give of your time and information and, uh, and knowledge and expertise to the people around you. So when it came time for you to build a business, um, how did you take the principles that you learned in the time that you spent mentoring with him and apply them to, um, to the business that you built today? Well, I, I started doing, I was still doing the coaching business. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of my contract with this gentleman was I had to find a creative way to pay it forward to somebody else. Okay. And so what I did was I, I went to, you know, Lincoln high school, Jesuit high school, the, the more affluent schools and said, Hey, we're doing this summer camp. Do you have any, Oh yeah. We got five kids. Well, I haven't yeah. even told you the price yet. You know, and I go to the next school and I maybe raise the price a hundred or 150. So I knew how much money I needed to fund my camp. Mm -hmm. And then I went to, well, the schools that I went to, you know, the the less fortunate. And I said, just give me some kids who need some love, just Mm -hmm. some kids that need to be filled up this summer. And Mm -hmm. so we had a camp with a hundred people. We had John Gillespie there, Pat Tyson, uh, Mm -hmm. Melody Fairchild. And one of the coolest moments was me for me was this very well-known and very, very affluent family uh, brought their kid up to the camp in a Bentley. I'd never seen a Bentley in real life. I was like, man, yeah. this thing is wild. And, you know, 
very put together, prim and proper family. Mm -hmm. uh, and then on Friday, when they came to pick up their son, he was hanging out with a kid with dreads, another kid with cornrows. And he came over to me and he was the dad who owns a, a massive business here in town, mm -hmm. came over to me crying and he said, I've never put my son in a position to appreciate other people. Mm. And I want to thank you for giving our family that opportunity mm -hmm. um, to see that life isn't like this and like us we go. Right. And uh, it was a pretty cool moment. Mm -hmm. And so from that, that kind of catapulted me. My mom and dad and my brother had started a real estate company. My wife, Heidi, and I uh, joined in shortly after the Olympic trials. And... Uh, we got to build a business together, all of us. And of course, my family had started it. Heidi and I got to take the torch. But one of the things my mentor taught me was the same thing Bill taught me in an indirect way was you have to surround yourself with the right people. Mm. You know, the John Gordon Energy Bus book, same thing. Yeah. You know, as a, as a real estate agent, as the people that I lead, 30 people that work for us, everyone's an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. But just like on the track, everyone's working together to create, um, you know, the best that they can be uh, on the on the track and on the field. But you got to have the right people around them. Bill used to tell me all the time that I've coached, I've, I've let go of more Olympians than I've kept. Right. And I said, what does that mean? And he said, there's so many people that are talented mm -hmm. that I've had to let go because they're going to bring down um, – the value of the of the whole of everybody else it's it's going to be a detriment and so yes. you know there's a lot of people that have wanted to work for our company that have, would have made me a lot of money uh but they're just not the right people and so right. that's that's the biggest thing and just making sure we have the right people on the bus and what are some of those qualities i mean you've had you've you've had a lifetime of, of teammates now right so you you yeah. too can recognize the qualities that make a good teammate i think one of the cool things about um, about the audience we have and about um, the, the position that we're in is there are people, you know, whether they're young people graduating from college or in the condition of the economy right now, people who are having to make life transitions, right? Having to find new career paths and, and new opportunities. So what are some of the qualities that make for a great teammate in the workplace? You know, the, what I always ask, one of the first questions I ask someone is, do you have any athletic experience? Oh yeah. Okay. What'd you do? I played basketball. I ran track, whatever it was. And I'll ask them, what's your, what's your favorite moment? And whatever it is. And I'll like walk, walk me through it, walk me through it. Yeah. And they'll say, you know, I was up to bat. I hit this home run. And if they will say, you know, my, my coach gave me a good sign or uh, my teammate helped me out. I know mm -hmm. that's going to be a great person on our team. Mm -hmm. But if they do tell that story and it was all about me, Mm -hmm. they're not going to be a good team player. And I just know right away, I got to use my gut and say, you're going to be great. You're just going to be great somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. So you, you've built this business and you continued along this path that was um, inspired by, by sport and by track and field, but no longer mm -hmm. involved in it. But you always seem to weave your way back. I think the first time we met, we, we were sitting next to each other at um, – the premiere of the film that was done on Coach yes. Dillinger. Talk to I'm me about Dillinger. your relationship with Oregon Track and Field and how you have maintained that closeness throughout the years. You know, it's all about community. 
So uh, uh, the, the new guard, um, you know, I got to see Robert Johnson for the first time. I've never seen him. Um, I shouldn't say seen him. I've seen him from afar, but I got to see him up close. Yeah. And I got a fist bump from him. Um, and that was cool to say, man, this is like, this is my Bill Dillinger. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just the community that we have, you know, when I was at the track meet, I think I ran into 35 other uh, old teammates, old, literally old, um, <laughs> and just got to see people that are just there for the love of the track. Yeah. Um, I talked to a guy who I remember in college who was always at the track meets, always. Mm-hmm. And you know, we got to talk and he said, I haven't missed a meet in 71 years. Mm-hmm. 71 years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just there's this community that we all keep in touch. Of course, there's Facebook groups, but a lot of it's just old school phone calls and group texts with people. And uh, it's, it's a pretty cool. I don't think anyone has got more uh, more mileage out of their 342, 1500 than I have. Um, literally, huh? Literally. People are like, oh, you ran in Oregon. You know, I, they don't know that today I would maybe be on the JV team because uh, <laughs> these guys are running unbelievable times. Yeah. Um, but it's all about who you're with and, and uh, you know, the, the family that has been created. And I think that's a great that's a great lesson for for current student athletes, no matter where they go, right? I mean, you have this experience um, that very very few people do to be a part of a Division One um, collegiate athletic team, and that is as valuable as you make it, as you go out right. into the world and you represent it and you sell it and you position yourself and be a great representative of that program and of that institution. People don't need to know what the times were. Most people can't even no. place times, right? They don't know. No, <laughs> they don't know what a great no exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, my uh, my mom's uncle is a guy named Sam Bell, who is, a, okay. a, in our world, a pretty famous guy. Yeah. Uh, he was an Olympic coach. He was uh, Indiana University track coach for years and also at Oregon State. Mm. And he was recruiting me fairly hard to go to Indiana Mm-hmm. And remember, we're on the phone one night, and he's like, Ben, we're family. You know I'm going to take care of you. And I said, I know. Um, I said, but I, I really love Eugene. And he said, well, that's what our phone call was about, because I don't want you to come here just to run fast. I want you to come here so you can be a part of the community. Mm-hmm. But I know where your roots are, and I know that your business could probably take you whatever you decide to do mm-hmm. further if you stay close to home, just with my personality. And he knew I was going to be homesick anyway. So um, it's been amazing the amount of people that I have been uh, a part of uh, just by my association with Oregon and, um, you know, in my real estate career. Yeah. You know, Adam and Kara Gallacher, I've represented them multiple times. Dan Brown, I was on the phone with today. We're talking about, you know, those are yeah. two Olympians that just three Olympians, I should say. Um and it's not because I was the best runner ever. It's just because I'm attached to something amazing. Yeah. And I think for far too many people, my, myself included early on, is you're worried about what you did achieve rather than who you're doing it with. And I was doing it with Oregon Track and Field Program. Yeah. And that, and that will take you places. Yeah, Absolutely. So you and I'm have, not done with track. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back and do some coaching. I'm working oh on some gosh, stuff right no. now. So. Well, you know, we were we were talking about the track the other day about yeah. you running like 54, and I said, yeah. 
I would never go out and try to run an all-out 400 right now. So you're already further along than lots of us. Yeah, it's my calves are still in knots, I'll tell you. <laughs> But if I will say when time, I, I'll trade. Yeah. And walk it out there. Oh, I know you'll smoke me. You'll smoke me. But I'll tell you that's the first time I've been on my toes that long. Yeah. And the the almost euphoric feeling I had the entire afternoon, it was that that feeling that you just yeah. that I miss. It's, uh, it's just an the training part of it. and running, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, you go outside, you you smell the grass the first time the the lawn is mowed. You, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, it's spring. Mm -hmm. And when I ran that, you know, a few weeks ago and my, my calves were so tight, I could smell Williams Bakery and Eugene. I could smell all these different things. All these senses came back to me that I haven't felt in a good long time. Well, yeah, no wonder you, you ran a good time for, <laughs> for where you are. Yeah. Um, so you've, you've said so much about lessons you've learned about the ways that you've applied them and all of that's inspired you to continue to inspire others by by putting that knowledge together in a book tell me about the book that you've written and what you hope it achieves in the lives of people who read it so it's called the long run and uh, that's what life is it's not a sprint you gotta you gotta stick in it with a long time and essentially it's seven principles that i've learned through running that will uh, take you through to a successful life and business, personal life and business. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think Heidi and I have been able to construct with our team is finding what you're good at and sticking with that. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be the doer of all things. You know, I don't, I don't work as much as most realtors and I'm doing probably four times the business that most realtors are because I'm sticking mm -hmm. to what I do best. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Bill used to tell me, you know, a decathlete is a decathlete for a reason. And a miler is a miler for a reason. Yeah. He said, you'd probably be a much better 5K runner if you didn't have ADHD, but you just can't stay focused. Yeah. And so just knowing what you're good at, knowing what your gift is, uh, it's the longrunbook.com. Uh, it should be done here in several months. I've got uh, some awesome editors that have worked with uh, some pretty incredible writers. So um, I will say my first edit, I gave it to them, 97,000 words. Mm -hmm. And I got my first edit back, and I had 62,000 words. Wow. I said, oh, my gosh, what has happened? And they said, well, these are the points you're trying to drive home. We just need yeah. you to extract that stuff and, and pour a little deeper. And so we're getting closer. But it's been a pretty fun process. It started out as uh, me just telling my son a story on a voice note mm -hmm. uh, just because something came into my head. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I did another one. I thought, I'll just compile all of these for him. Yeah. And then it just turned into this, this pretty good story if we put it all together. What a priceless so. gift. Yeah. I'll make him buy it, though. He'll buy He'll have to buy the book. <laughs> Something tells me that he's got a savings account with enough money in it to uh, <laughs> go ahead and, and splurge on, on Dad's book. Um, yeah. So we're right here in the midst of track and field season. We kind of lost a season in a lot of ways last year but but track is back in a big way we sat mm -hmm. together at a meet last weekend tell me what you're looking forward to uh from the oregon track and field program and um and what you think it means for us to have the opportunity for sport to unite us once again you know one thing i've learned through oregon track and field over the last what close to 14 15 months 
is the amount of outreach they've done and amount of inclusion. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I've ever felt more a part of the Oregon Track Club, mm -hmm. and there's nothing that I can do to physically participate in it. Mm -hmm. So they've done a good job of, of keeping everybody together. Mm -hmm. uh, and as I mentioned earlier, track is such a beautiful sport that it just brings everybody, all walks of life together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being in a, in a setting like Hayward Field with the Olympic trials and, of course, next year the world championships, mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's a sport that's actually going to help us as humankind going forward because we are we are all so different, but we're all shooting for the same thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Ben, I'm just really, really happy that we had a chance to sit down. All the time that we've spent together in bleachers and track yeah. meets, I've learned more about you today uh, than I've ever had the chance to, but I had a feeling that, that it was all in there. So I thank you very much for being on Talking Best today. I wish you Thanks. all the best. You'll have to come back when the book comes out and, and tell us sounds more good. about each of those seven principles. All right. Sounds good. Go Ducks. A big thank you to Ben Andrews for joining me on the Talking Ducks podcast. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Run With Ben. As always, we are sponsored by our own real estate team, andrewsbyreferral.com. Heidi and I put together a wonderful team of realtors and we are ready, willing, and able to help you, your friends, your family members buy or sell a home throughout Oregon and Southwest Washington. If you need a connection to a realtor outside of our market, please reach out. We have wonderful relationships throughout the United States. If you could do me a favor, I would appreciate it. Please remember to share, subscribe, like, and review this podcast. God bless.